my God! I know him. That's gotta be. That's gotta be. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Nation podcast. I am Trevor Sycama. Scott Reynolds and Taylor the Grizz Jenkins have been suspended for contract or uh, conduct detrimental to the pod, so they will not be joining us today. But I, I do have my uh, my editor, the man who edits all of my things, Mr. Mark Cook. Mark, how are you, my friend? Good, man. I uh, I just. I want to tell you over the years, your, your writing is getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. In fact, I don't know that I've edited anything since probably last January. I just assumed that it's good and just hit publish. Yeah, no, I've had zero errors on pewterreport.com since right. February 1 of 2020. Yeah. It's, it's been a long streak. Uh, I also have on the podcast with me noted lifelong Tampa Bay Lightning fan, John Ledyard. Mm. John, mm. how are you, my friend? Good. It feels good to be celebrating a Stanley Cup. It's been a long drought. I've suffered a lot, and now I'm back, and I feel it feels great. Also great to be joined by you, Trevor. I know things were tough a couple weeks ago when the Carolina Panthers took that L. I know that was probably tough for you, but I appreciate you coming and being with us on the podcast today to talk a little Bucks football and remember your history. Guys, it's like riding a bike for me. <laughs> intro on that podcast right there. Mark, I appreciate you. You let me do that. Uh, yeah. Let me intro the podcast because i miss you guys and i miss doing that and i miss that so uh thank you guys for having me on the podcast really appreciate it no we're just trying you out in case we can talk you back into coming and we can fire john that's the game plan sure uh, right of course we'll yeah. see how it goes on the i haven't podcast. been suspended from the pod even for a long time well we're I'm, not gonna suspend like a you. Streak. we're just gonna let you go just flat out <laughs> we're just there's you haven't been here long enough you're still in a probationary period we don't have to even suspend you in fact i don't think you've even signed Last a handbook podcast yet. i was your boss what is things change, that? dude. Yeah, John. things do. Things like, change, John. Fluid. Things change. Yeah, it's very fluid in this company. Next very man fluid. up, and next man up is Trevor. Now we do miss Trevor. Uh, you know, I know he's he's living the life in Charlotte. You know, as as the Panthers' main beat writer up there, covering his new favorite team. Not covering. Uh, he's president of the Teddy Bridgewater fan club. Not president. He and Christian McCaffrey go out for beers and barbecue we're on roommate. a regular basis. No, we're roommates. Actually. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, kicked Alyssa out, and now it's Christian moved in. Right, yeah. Or no, is no, it all no, three of you guys? No, it's just all three of us. Yeah, we're just all, you know, we, we were looking for a place to move, and I just happened to <laughs> call up Christian McCaffrey, and I was like, hey, man, you just signed that new deal. You got any extra bedrooms? He's like, yeah, man, come on down. Like, I've never met you before in my life, but uh, you seem like a good guy, so why not? Yeah, sure. I noticed too. Now people can't see this because this isn't video, but we're doing video. Um, what's going on with the hair? I mean, we, you know, I, I can't even call you man bun right now. I, oh, I think I, no, I, I don't know what I can call you. Um, I don't even know what that hairstyle would be right now. Right, what? Dude, I just look like everybody else. Like it's lame. It's true. I hate it. I've conformed. Yeah. Adulthood blows. When's the last never, time you had a haircut? Like never grow up. Just never. That's my only lesson. No, never grow up. I don't think we have. Huh? I think we got that one covered. Oh, that's great. Mark. No, that's why actually that's that's why Scott was suspended because we figured out he was older. Well, he also that's went. We had to get him off. The he pot. also went and got a haircut to look more grown up, and we're like, okay, you're out. You're suspended. <laughs> yeah. When he was <laughs> rocking the mullet, it was fine. But he then did once have he a mullet. Gears, uh, wait, Scott had a mullet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No way. It was pretty outrageous. Not gonna lie. Like he had a full quarantine mullet. Well, he wasn't shaving the sides, but it was definitely going down the back of the neck for sure. Wow. And, and, and getting kind of poofy, yeah. Dude, he should have kept that. We all said that. 
No, he should. He should have just. He should have Brian Bosworth it. You know, like <laughs> cut the top, but then no, like no, no, no. We are trying to still keep our channel eight deal where we're on television and things like that, Trevor. And <laughs> Dan we're looks trying to enough. make some Dan sales. Looks and stuff. good enough for everybody. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So. Um, Anyway, now that everyone has already clicked off of this podcast, let's talk a little bit of football here. Um, Man, and Trevor, your Carolina Panthers finally got a win last week. Congratulations to those guys. Yeah, no, uh, they really look great. They're struggling to start the year. It's a couple of college coaches they're trying to take. I'm not here to talk about the Carolina Panthers. We're not Thank God. Um, Well, kind of because they played the Chargers, who are the Bucs' next opponent. And so if you did happen to catch any of that Panthers game – what should the Bucks be worried about in the Chargers? This uh, in the Chargers, I mean, it's a rookie quarterback, right? I mean, like it's 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 Justin Herbert, and he was getting pushed around a little bit. It was kind of who did they who did he come in for? Who were they playing the week before? Who were the Chargers playing the week before? I'm losing uh, the Chiefs. It. The Chiefs. Yes, right. Took so them to overtime. So like Herbert comes in right off the bat, ten seconds before the game starts, and they didn't even realize that. Uh, he didn't even realize that he was going to start until they were like, yeah, the, <laughs> our doctor messed up Tyrod's pregame procedure. So you're in. And he played pretty well, but I really do think that Herbert playing well against the Chiefs was more so the Chiefs having no idea what to expect against right. a rookie quarterback who they started doing a lot of different stuff with Herbert. They started running a lot of more like pistol sets and different kinds of RPO looks. And that's just like not what they were planning to see against Tyrod Taylor the Chargers instead just tried to do things that looked more natural to Herbert from Oregon and the next week there was actually tape on him and tape on what they were going to do and I think that Herbert struggled a little bit more against the Carolina Panthers which they were probably getting a little in a little bit of a groove since the season started anyways and so I I think the defense is going to be strong from the Chargers Uh, they've got a lot of really good players even even though they have some guys that are out with injury but I don't think the Bucs are going to get the Justin Herbert they saw against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's going to more closely look like the one that struggled against Carolina. Well, I mean, he still threw for 300 yards in that game last week. I was looking at the numbers, and I was like, man. Um, I mean, you know that Todd Bowles is going to be salivating, right? It's a rookie quarterback. He's going to be throwing people from all angles. He may send uh, Captain Fear from the end zone, you know, after him at some point. Is that what we're calling calling, uh, Antoine Winfield now? Is that his nickname? Yes, he's Captain Fear. Captain Fear. (laughs) He puts on the pirate costume at halftime, too. Yeah, he's a (laughs) jack-of-all-trades. Safety corner mascot. Mascot. Uh, Yeah, whatever you need him to be. But um, Todd Bowles is going to – love you know the opportunity to 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 go up against a rookie quarterback but um again i haven't watched the game film exactly just looking at statistics you know he hasn't played poorly he hasn't played like you would expect a rookie quarterback i guess maybe to play but i don't know that he's you know faced a defense that's going to be as prepared like you said the chiefs weren't prepared to face him right um the panthers are who who we think they are and uh and and those are a big yikes defense yeah, yeah. they're they are a big yikes defense. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, I think they got maybe one above average player right now. A couple it, average guys promising. Ooh, Burns. Burns. Yeah, Burns. Yeah. I mean, Trey Boston coming into the year, but he hasn't played well this year. So I don't know. I mean, see, when, when I think about Herbert, when I watched him play, it was just like he's going to die behind this offensive line. I mean, they've got right. guys hurt. They they lost Trey Turner and and Mike Pouncey's out for the year, I think, and 
Trey Turner, the right guard who they spent a lot of money on free agency, has been hurt, and Belaga hasn't been 100%, and the left side's kind of a mess anyway. And so, man, they just go. I was just watching some of the game against Carolina, and Derek Brown, who struggled the first two weeks yeah. and struggled against the Bucs, was just harassing people. And I was like, what is going on? It's yeah. like a totally different player than I watched the first two weeks. So right. that's a big concern for the Chargers, just that protection. Brown, Brown was terrible in the first two games. I think if I have the numbers right here, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Through the first two weeks of the season, Derek Brown was like the 115th ranked interior defensive lineman out of 116. So like he was literally one yeah. off the dead last ranking for PFF. In so he was better than Vita Vea. Listen, no. Whoa. And I'm, I'm just going on the sack. first two games. I'm transitioning okay. into Vea's actually now had two really good games that he's put back to back. I was reading John's one. column on him. I was one. looking over the all 22 myself. I mean, at one, one point he used Lloyd Cushenberry to tackle the running back. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, like Lloyd was not going to let go of one of the reps and they just went, okay, I'm going <laughs> to forklift you back into Melvin Gordon. And that's exactly what I So like they has now had two really nice games back to back. If Derek Brown looked good against that Los Angeles Chargers interior offensive line, <laughs> they is going to make it a nightmare for him. And, right. and that's, I think that's going to be yeah. a huge advantage because there is, and I, I, I wrote about this earlier this week when I was kind of talking about Vea. I know a lot of Bucks fans were disappointed when the when they drafted Vea where they did at number 12 in 2018. They were disappointed at the early impact because he was really reshaping his body and, and trying to be more than just a guy who could bull rush everybody like he was at Washington. But I feel like the idea with Vea and, and draft value to where he was picked is kind of a different conversation, but they drafted Vea mm, thinking right. – that the centerpiece guy could be such a disruptor that you could have playmakers and faster players around him to really make the plays. And I think that you're truly seeing the manifestation of that with the Bucks defense now, especially last week. I noticed that a lot. They well, were such a problem in the middle that all, like they were sending Jordan Whitehead and Devin White and Levante David and Antoine Winfield Jr. And all of these guys at the pocket and they just can't, they can't block everybody. Because Vey is too big of a problem in the very in the very middle of it, and so yeah, if that's that's I'm I'm glad that John brought that up because that's a huge selling point for this game is that it it should be another field day for Vey in the middle of that defense, and, and that's what Todd Bowles said even after the Week One game where I think most people were fairly disappointed in Vita's game, which you know I, I think he had like half a tackle or an assist or something, and the defense as a whole didn't play well with only one sack. Um, I mean, they played. They played well. I'm mean, just saying they didn't. Um, they weren't impactful as far as the pass dominate. rush goes. They didn't dominate really like they have the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but Bowles said, you know, I mean, what he does is, you know, behind the scenes, he does the dirty work. He frees things up for other guys. Um, so, isn't that I think, great? After I think we've after, seen that. after all of the years of the Bucks being just downright one of the worst defenses in the NFL, now we're out here trying to complain. Oh, they didn't dominate. <laughs> I just think it's I just think it's hilarious and obviously they're at different points but if you kind of sit back and you go you think about all of the Bucks defenses that you've had to watch Mark especially yep. over the years yep. and 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 now I know I'm nitpicking I'm nitpicking not, no but it's not You're just right, like, though. it's, it's yes. everybody the defense yes. is better it's got more talent on it it's just really funny to hear the words we're upset yeah. or disappointed that the Bucks defense didn't dominate a Saints, a New Orleans Saints team right. in week one. It's on the road in week one. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah, we're pissed I, about it. 
I think about even the beginning of last season, just going back and watching the tape when I got hired at Peter Report, and it was kind of like, all right, let's study this team. Let's see what they're about and watching them in their first eight games or so. It's just like, my goodness, this cornerback room is horrendous. And it was mm-hmm. Vernon Hargraves and MJ Stewart still playing. I even asked God, I was like, MJ Stewart was playing. He's like, no, he wasn't. I was like, yeah, look, he was playing major snaps till halfway through the year or whatever. It's called. <laughs> I was like, I blocked that out because, I mean, it was that poor. And Vernon Hargraves <laughs> is still playing in Houston. And he's the worst cornerback in the league. And the Bucs were playing him still. And then once they moved on from those two, man, and they got the dogs like Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel mm-hmm. Dean in there, it's been a totally different story. And then adding Winfield only accentuates that. Getting Mike Edwards on the field this past week, he played great. It's a total culture change in the secondary with Tampa Bay, and it's because of the guys they've drafted. So as much as I mean, Jason Light does deserve some flack, I think, for some of the things he's done as GM, but – Lately, man, he's been killing it in the draft with defensive backs. And to build an entire secondary in today's NFL that's playing at the level this group is, I know they have to face some good quarterbacks out of draft picks that have been, that have been drafted in the last two to three years um, is nuts. I mean, it's completely crazy. And you yeah. watch these guys, and it isn't just, oh, we made a play here or we made a play there, but it's consistency and coming up in the run game and in the quick passing game and tackling, knowing when they have to fill when the safeties get cracked and things like that. I mean, they are just – complete cerebral tough football players that have totally changed the culture of the defense we talk about the front seven and it's absolutely true there as well but in the secondary the transformation that's happened i mean it's it's pretty wild to watch even from the beginning of last season is davis still the oldest corner well i mean like ryan smith is but the the one that plays yeah real rotation player most tenured guy right i mean if you're talking cornerbacks yeah i mean davis is 23 years old He's right. 23. You know, how old are the other dudes? 22, 23, probably like same thing. But like, that's what, just to emphasize John's point, it's crazy that they're this good now in their careers. Right. It's, you know, a testament to, I think, bringing Todd Bowles in and, and the job that he's done. With how about a lot giving of guys Kevin there. Ross a little love at the cornerback coach position? I mean, All right, uh, really, fine. Kevin Ross, fine. Nick Rapoli, we'll give him a little, a little love too. Listen, we know that one thing him. the coverage is much better. And you know what else, guys? We all need good coverage. Man, that was Trevor, good. Damn, you that need was good. good coverage. You like wow. that? Wow. Matt Let needs it. good coverage. John needs good coverage. Todd Bowles needs good coverage. Even Tom Brady needs good coverage because he at least needs a renter's policy. And Tom Brady should call Briar Greaves Insurance right now at 813-876-4166. They've been in business for over 30 years. Three generations of Greaves have run that agency. And when you give them a call, Trevor, you'll talk to Sam. You'll talk to Briar. You're not going to talk to some customer service rep in Pocatello, Idaho, that's maybe related to Dirt Cutter. But you're going to talk to an actual Briar Greaves person who's going to give you personalized service. Again, they can cover everything you have, Trevor, even probably get coverage on your dog. They cover home, auto, life, boat, flood. Whether it's uh, homeowners, whether it's commercial, they can do it for you. Um, a lot of homeowner companies are canceling or non-renewing policies or they're just leaving Florida in general and increasing premium significantly. Even if you have a policy, call Briar Greaves right now and compare it. Ask Sam, ask Briar, look, this is what I have. This is what I'm paying. Can you save me some money? And I bet you they can. 813-876-4166. 813-876-4166. Briar Greaves Insurance Company. Trevor, I expect you to give him a call. Yeah, no, I mean... With a pitch like that, with that kind of a transition, I have to now. Like, I don't even have a choice. That was flawless. I still Co- got it. Coverage. I don't coverage. have much, yeah, but I no, still I, got that. Yeah, you're the, you got the best transition in the podcast game. No Thank doubt you. about it.
Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's transition to this. We talked a little bit about the defense offensively. How are the Buccaneers? Um, you know, and it's something that we've talked about since day one, when they got Tom Brady, when they got Rob Gronkowski, you know, you're bringing in a quarterback to learn a new system. Mike Evans at this point has what? 10 receptions. He's on pace for 576 yards which is mind-boggling. Last week, he has two catches for two yards. Don't for be the on-pace guy in week three. I can't. Absolutely. No, we're absolutely here for the on-pace. You can't on be the on-pace guy comes out. Yes. Oh, no. I was, look, I, I was the one who said week one that, uh, that Tom Brady was on pace for 16 pick sixes. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, I'm an on-pace guy, right? I'm not an analytical listen, guy, but I'm an listen, on-pace guy. After the first drive of the season, where Tom Brady took him down for a touchdown, you better believe I immediately tweeted, Bucks are on pace to outscore their opponents 440 to zero this season. Right. Yes. But those are obviously facetious. Now we're in week are three. They? But in between but are they? time. We don't know that. that. They were right there, that. John. They were right there. I mean, you're oh, the one, no. John, who's you're the one, John, who said you thought uh, you know, Mike has lost a step. No, you didn't say that. Did he say that? Did he say that? No. I said what? Say that. I said you said uh, Mike Evans has <laughs> lost a step. Oh no, I didn't. I wondered if he's fully healthy though. I <laughs> no, mean, honestly, no, you did ask that. Know. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. You you I, asked yeah, if I, you I, think he's healthy looking at him on film. Yeah, if I, mm. right. Well, I it, think it, that you know. And let's go back to the injury week one, right? Well, it was a hamstring. Do yeah. do hamstrings just go away? I mean, no. he should not have probably played that game to even begin with kind of forced himself to get in there to play that first game. Um, he didn't apparently re-injure it because he played well the following week where he, you know, has 100 yards receiving. But, um, but I mean, hamstrings are something that, you know, they don't just, you know, it's not a hang nail, right? They don't rip the nail off and everything's fine. It, it takes a while to get better depending on the severity of it. Um, hopefully, you know, he's, he's getting better, but it may be something that nags him all throughout the year. And, and because of that, John, he's on pace for 576, you know, yards. Or right. granted, well, seventy-four there's a lot touchdowns, of but uh, you know, there's a lot of comparisons between this year and last year already happening with the wide receiver group. I mean, you know, with the whole offense in general, it's like, oh, how many points are they scoring compared to last year? How many drives have ended in a touchdown compared to last year? All you know, all this, like, how many yards have they thrown for? And to me, I just think it's the most silly thing to get caught up in ever because they're a totally different season. They're totally different in-game situations. The Bucks have fairly dominated week two and three. And they didn't need to be aggressive on offense, in the, especially in the fourth quarter. And they didn't need to overcome a million mistakes that had them down in the game. They weren't in a shootout with Daniel Jones and the Giants in week three. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the Giants, that wasn't happening this year. And so, I don't think any comparison year to year is, is tough to make right now. But I do agree with you on this, Mark. I think that Mike Evans needs to get going a little bit. And I don't think it's a Brady issue as much as it's an Evans issue. I know that might – sound a little bit hot but I mean he's dropped three passes this year there's a couple other ones I think he should he usually comes up with that he hasn't had and and I don't think the routes have looked as clean as well it isn't really a vertical downfield connection I think they've been fine on those um, I think that he hasn't played his best football yet to be honest and I think that that needs to change and I think it did week two a little bit but he even said it he was like I think I played okay I don't think I played great he dropped a pass in that game and I think fell down on another one that he should add for at least 15 16 yards so it was one of those situations where I thought his assessment himself was pretty honest like I played well but a lot of the balls that I caught I was wide open um, and it was easy stuff and so 
yeah, I think it needs to be a, a big game for Mike Evans. I mean, if, if Scotty Miller can't go, God forbid, and Chris Godwin, I mean, Tyler Johnson's dropped his only target. Justin Watson had a drop already. And so those guys, I mean, they're going to contribute, but this team has said, you know, Bruce Arians has said this offense runs through the wideouts. And if that's true this week and they don't have Scotty and they didn't have Chris Godwin against a good group of Chargers corners, I think Mike Evans needs to make his hay and have a huge game. That's what that offense needs in my mind to be productive. Well, and, and apparently you don't read the Monday mailbag. My my point was the 576. I said in the mailbag, he's going to get his thousand yards. I mean, he's just oh, too no, good I a saw receiver. It. I think I proofed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, he's <laughs> – I was, just I, I was joking. <laughs> I was joking about, you know, his on-pace thing. I think Mike Evans is going to be fine. But somebody – you know, I think the original question was, is the thousand-yard streak in jeopardy? And my point was Mike Evans – and I asked him actually today on the conference call that kind of specifically – he said, you know, stats, stats aren't a big deal, man. I, I want to win football games. And, um, and that's just the way Mike is. So I, I, think, I think the stats and the wins are going to come for this football team. But, I, but I'm, writing about, I'm writing about it for tomorrow in my, in my weekly column, The Hook, which Trevor probably doesn't know about because he doesn't pay attention to Buccaneer football anymore. But he's, he's involved with the Panthers now. Correct. Um, is, I'm, pr- is, no, I'm, pr- I'm GM of the Panthers. <laughs> and Christian McCaffrey's roommate. Yeah. Um, my point is, is I think this team is, is really on. I mean, they're doing well, and, and I don't think they've really um, – what's the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, I think they still have so much more room to grow. Sure. And here they sit in first place. Granted, it's, it's week one. I mean, week three, uh, going into week four, so it's early in the year. But last year this time they were one and two. Um, so it's much better to be two and one. And, and I think, I think there's just so much more growth for this team. And surprisingly, as we have talked to these players this week, it's not just the offense saying we can get better. Jason Pierre Paul said it, Matt wrote a story on yesterday about it. Uh, their pass rush, he doesn't even really think they're in sync yet. And, uh, it's scary how good this football team can be again on paper, paper doesn't win much, but, uh, but I feel pretty comfortable this team's going to going to put it all together as the season goes on if they can stay relatively healthy no i think that you go back to what john says and i mean that it it makes total sense you can't compare what happened last year to what's happening this year i mean you just look anytime you even even if they only made a chance to change a quarterback that's completely different like how you run your team is probably going to be completely different they made a change at quarterback and uh it was a very big one and so you've got a couple of new additions that you brought into the running back room and the tight end room and things like that and you drafted a rookie that you're starting along the offensive line it's like it's just it's it's gonna look different it's gonna take time and the defense starting off faster than the offense has I mean it's kind of a duh you look at this team it's almost exactly the same from the year before they're they're throwing in a couple of new guys within the rotation in the secondary but uh largely the 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 front seven and the box those guys are the same and the players who are playing a lot of snaps at the end of the year they're still in those same spots going into this season and they end of the year is one of the top five top 10 defenses in the NFL over the yeah. last eight games of the season and so a lot of this stuff I know it's like We're evaluating things as they happen, but if you really take a step back, the Bucks are exactly where they're supposed to be. You know, if you look at the stats, maybe the ball's not going exactly where we thought, or maybe this guy wasn't seeing quite the looks that we thought he was going to. But the defense coming out of the gate, being strong, they're a young team, stayed together, had a lot of chemistry, same defensive coordinator, all the same kinds of calls. They're picking up right where they left off. 
to start the season. They went into New Orleans to face one of the best rosters in the NFL. When they dropped that game, I saw so many people freaking out about how they dropped it. And they were like, oh, you know, they had a chance to win it. Yeah, of course they had a chance to win it. But I don't, I, I, I didn't listen to the, to the pre-Saints game podcast that you guys had, but I certainly didn't pick the Bucs to win in New Orleans. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but I didn't think they were going to win. So they dropped that one, and they look great in their next two weeks. They beat the teams that they're supposed to beat while figuring it out against the best teams in the NFL as they kind of come along. And so all of that to say, like, I think a lot of this stuff is par for the course. A lot of it, and football is about freaking out. You know, whether you cover the team as media you're a, or you're a, a fan, you're just, you're evaluating stuff and you, you, you want it to look this way or you predicted it one way and it looked the other. But, you know, even when we look at, let's say last week, right? I mean, when you look at Matt, Mike Gavin's stat line, he had one catch for two yards against New Orleans, and then he had two catches for two yards last week. So he's had these two really weird performances that sandwiched that 100-yard game. But look at the weaknesses in Denver's defense. It's the linebackers. You know, like they don't have the coverage linebackers to keep up. And so, okay, what do the Bucks right. do? They got four targets to O.J. Howard. They got seven targets to Rob Gronkowski. Chris Godwin came back, so he got six targets as well. When you look at this Los Angeles Chargers team, They've got a lot of talent at the cornerback position, and uh, I, don't, I don't think that Bruce was lying when he said that he builds his offensive strategies from the outside in, starting with the wide receivers. I think that he's telling the truth when he says that, but he's also looking at matchups every single week. Right. When you look at this Chargers depth chart, their linebackers, they got Kaiser White, but then it's a rookie, Kenneth Murray, that's getting a lot of playing time. Denzel Perryman's a guy that's been a liability in coverage, and so it's like, guess what they're probably going to do this week? probably target the linebackers. You know, they're going to get those slot guys and those tight ends really involved. They're going to get some good running back matchups that they're, they're favorable for in the passing game. And so just kind of to give or respond and to echo what both of you were saying there is that there are some things that are going well for this team, but honestly, they're right where they need to be. You should be happy about where the Bucks are right now and where they are going into this week against the Chargers. I think that they really are exactly where they need to be. Yeah, it's been so interesting, I think, to watch them because there have been points of every game so far where, especially the last two weeks, I mean, the first half of the last two weeks, maybe not the first drive two weeks ago, but I mean, first half for the most part, totally dominant offensive showings. I mean, right. I mean, consistently, whether it's they could hit big plays, long drives, they could piece together, they ran the ball, executed well in the red zone. I mean, everything clicking, and then there would be these lapses in the second half, and I think it's indicative of a team that's all kind of still gelling and learning some new things together. And the offense definitely looked different than it did a year ago to some degree, at least. And so I think it's part nah, of it's Brady, this. No, nah, Brady and James are the same guy. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, I've, you know, I've, it, I've it, often said this. Yeah. I think there were more, they're obviously not the same player at all, but I think there were more similarities to their playing style than people realize. And I think they're starting to see that now that Brady's deep ball has been as good as it's been. And he's been as aggressive as he's been as a quarterback down the field in terms um, of what they're capable of doing. Yeah. I, yeah. I could agree with you there. Yeah. Pe- right. People, and people really did think that Brady it was, was like, Brees. they thought Brady right, was Brees. Right. right. They thought, they thought that like, Oh, Brady will never have James's yeah. arm. He'll never be able to push it down the field the way that James did. And, and James's arm was live. I mean, he let that thing fly for the last sure. couple of years and that's just what he was, but it's not that, Brady can't do it and I think that you've done a good job of also pointing out that yeah that's still well within his repertoire yeah it was pretty clear from his tape and then even this season seeing it and seeing him I think I said yesterday he's tied for fifth in the NFL and uh, passes a 20 attempts to 20 yards or more and he's first I think in 
those who've attempted at least 10 of those, he's first in completion adjusted completion percentage when you account for the couple drops that they've had down the field. And so he's been able to put hit people on the money and, and still he's provide those Russ? big plays. Yeah, he's ahead of Russ in adjusted completion percentage, yeah. If, wow. As long as Russ is, uh, is attempted at least 10, which I think he has. So, yeah, he's having one of those seasons that, I mean, it's uh, kind of flying under the radar. I think another thing that takes away are the pass interference penalties, which end up as, like, no plays or no attempts, I think. I don't think he gets credit for – I don't know if PFF gives credit for those or not, but there was a couple dimes week one that with mm-hmm. pass interference penalties in those situations. So I say all that to say that this offense has shown the potential to do everything that people hoped it would be able to do, except maybe run the football at a consistently high level. But as I've said before, nobody I think thought that, that's, that was going to happen. Yeah, I guess hope. watch this football yeah. team. We, <laughs> right. It's just, it yeah. is what it is. I think what we're seeing from the running game is, is what it's going to be. It's just, yeah. it's not the forte of those five guys up, five guys up front. I don't know that, uh, you know, I don't want to blame, uh, you know, the, the coaches, Joe Gilbert and Harold. Um, it's not the forte Goodwin. of the running backs either, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're right there as well. <laughs> like you're right there as well. Listen, um, I do bet the Buccaneers are going to get over 100 yards rushing this year. And, in fact, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to put my money this where week? my mouth is. This yeah. year? No, no, this oh, year. This no, no, no. They're no. going to oh, run this for 100 year. yards. Look, Mark this needs year. a win in betting. So he is going to said what he meant. He is yes. going to bet that the Buccaneers <laughs> rush for more than 100 yards in this season. At some point, a total between 16 games, they're going to get 100 yards. No, you know what I meant. But here's the good news, guys. I thought, where in the world can I find somebody that's going to take that ridiculous bet? But I found it. My bookie. Trevor, wow. you remember my bookie. Not my personal your, your, bookie. Your personal bookie? No, no. We don't want to talk about him anymore. He, no, He's still locked up? <laughs> no, he's out and he's looking for some people. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe me, maybe right. not. Anyway, right. thanks a lot, Lightning. All right, bottom line, <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock, or maybe you've lived in Iraq, but if you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL and the NBA playoffs are back in full swing, and now Major League Baseball is as well. Well, that means one thing. It's winning season at my bookie. Go to my bookie, and as usual, Trevor, just like last year, they'll match your deposit up to $1,000. Not a million, but 1000 Put $1,000 in, you'll start the season with $2,000 to bet. Make sure to do that. You'll use the, the promo code pewter to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to $1,000. That means you put 100 in, they'll give you 100. You put 200 in, they give you 200. I know, Trevor, you went to Bayshore in Bradenton, so I have to keep explaining the math to you, but you just double it. Whatever it is, you just double it. I didn't go to Bayshore, but, you know, big shout out Bayshore. No, I'm sorry, Manatee High School. I didn't go to Manatee, but big shout out Manatee. <laughs> Did you not go to school at all? I mean, those uh, are the only two schools go. I know. No, yeah, I don't. Minnesota Riverview? I, yeah, I no, mean, I you just, were Manatee. I didn't. <laughs> You were homeschooled. That's the problem. All right. Hey, and also right now they've got a 100,000 super contest for a $10 entry. And they're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge. If you're smart, you think you know better, put your money where your mouth is. With that kind of potential return on your investment, $10 to win thousands, sign me up. Again, go to my bookie, use the promo code pewter, P-E-W. T-E-R, and uh, we appreciate them being a proud sponsor of the Pewter Nation podcast. Now, Trevor, just like last year, it's yeah. time for predictions. We're going to go around the table. Matt, do you have a microphone? We're going to let Matt jump in if he does. I think, oh, yeah. yeah. No, yes, I do. He always has a microphone. That's my man. All right, we're going to go ahead and do our predictions. Buccaneers taking on the Chargers, 1 p.m., Raymond James Stadium. Matt, who you got and why? I'm taking the Buccaneers 
21-17. I think they are going to win. It's going to be another game where the defense is the, uh, you know, is the forte for the Bucs winning this game. I think they're going to get at least two turnovers. I mean, they have 11 sacks over their last two games, so they're going to take advantage of going up against a rookie quarterback. We're still waiting for the offense to totally click, you know, and obviously having Chris Godwin doesn't help, and we don't know if Scotty Miller is going to play. So I still think we're not going to get the, the upstart, upbeat Bucks offense that we all expect to see eventually down the road. And because of that, they are going to be opportunistic getting those turnovers or capitalizing and scoring on those turn, turnovers by the Bucks defense. Uh, I see another sack for JPP. I see another sack for Shaq Barrett. And the Bucks ride the defense again to win the ball game and go 3-1 and one on the season. What was your score again? I said 21-17. With the garbage time touchdown for the Chargers. Okay. So the other bolts, as they just, are called. I'm just trying to get your advice on, on the betting line. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out there. I think the Buccaneers are going to win 28 to 14. I think they're the better football team overall. Again, like Matt says, I mean, they're a long way from a finished product. Not having Godwin may hurt a little bit. Um, Scotty Miller may be the wild card in this because if Scotty Miller doesn't play, now you're looking at. Um, Justin Watson as your other wide receiver and Tyler Johnson getting some reps and he just hasn't done anything at all obviously he only had one target last week and dropped it we didn't really get to see him at all during the training camp portion of of the season and of course with no preseason so I'm wondering how he'll perform but good news is there's weapons everywhere and and Tom Brady will throw it to McCoy he'll throw it to Brady he'll I mean not yeah he'll throw it to himself if he has to could throw it yeah to, I wouldn't uh, doubt him Throw it to heat, guarantee he won't drop. James, pass. James stated before, and and John just said, James and Tom Brady are the same quarterback. So exactly, um, so he's got plenty of weapons, even without Godwin on the field, and maybe even Scotty Miller. Uh, but I'll say the Buccaneers win twenty eight fourteen. That is my score, and we're going to give it to John and let Trevor be last. Well, Trevor knows from our time on the podcast together before that I am really good at picking games in the NFL. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Wow. But I am 3-0 this season. I am. And okay. so I'm going to try and be really aggressive and go outside the box here and get one up on y'all. I'm going to say the Chargers win this game. Ooh. Does it make any sense on paper? Uh. No. But hear me out. The Chargers, weird football team every single season, right? I mean, we just – this team lost to the Panthers, who I thought after watching the box play them might have been the worst team in the NFL – I think there's four guys on that defense who can't tie their cleats, and they lost to him, which makes no sense. They took Mahomes. They're wearing to Velcro shoes the now, before. John. They're wearing Velcro shoes. They have to because they can't. They don't know the knots. I mean, I, I mean, this team is impossible to figure out. They'll beat the Bucks this week, and they'll lose five straight games, and the Bucks will end up being fine. It's impossible to figure out what's going on with the Chargers on a given week. Phil Rivers, you thought he had the curse with him? Nope, he didn't. It's just part of the, the aura around the Chargers that sticks with him. I think they win this week. Everybody gets hyped and starts talking like they always do about the Chargers, and then you'll see the real Chargers come back. But I think this week they put it all together. I think their defense is tough. I know they've had some injuries, but I think that the Bucks, if they're out without Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller, Mike Evans going to get doubled. I want to see him dominate even in those situations. Can they really run through the tight ends? Is Tyler Johnson and Justin Watson going to be enough? I think I don't know. I think that there's a lot to consider here um, in this matchup that could go against the Bucks offense. And I think the Bucks defense will play great, but a few cracks, you know, in a game like this, I think is all you need. And I think the Chargers might get some of those opportunities. I'm going Chargers. I'm going to go 20 to 17. 
John, did did you forget they're going to have 700 fans in the stadium though to root them on? I mean, that could be the difference. Mm, mm. You know, I did hear some questions and today. Wow, they opened up the stadium back full full capacity. Full yeah. capacity. Yeah, that's a that's a Thursday night crowd right there for you. National TV audience crowd. Boy, we're beating up the Buccaneers. All right, Trevor, your turn here. Wait, uh, wait, 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 Trevor. Before we get to you, okay. And, and you and John go back a long way, a lot mm-hmm. even longer than than you and I go back. Um, do you happen to hear his his guest appearance on the Loose Cannons podcast last week? Um, Probably did. I. Because if I, you did, you wouldn't be on our podcast, breaking bread and having that a good bad. conversation with this yeah, guy. Speaking of bread, mm-hmm. right? It's the only thing you eat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow! Whoa! What is he? A four-year-old? No. What did he? What did he? It's it's something food. Related. I said. I yes. said you didn't have a. They asked about your. I don't remember exactly how it was phrased, but they asked about your eating habits, and I said I didn't think you had a sophisticated palate, but I did call you an huh. expert on bar food. Yeah, yeah, he's he's more of a bar food kind of guy, you know. He can, listen, all right. He knows all the bar food places to yeah. go when we listen, hang out. I said, I, well, want, I mentioned how we how we wrecked the Chinese wow. buffet when we were down there. Yeah, yeah which was your choice, by the way. <laughs> and old Tester, I, I, well, I, I was saying I didn't have a sophisticated palate. That was okay. I agree right, with as that. Long, yeah, as long as you're here. I was about to say, John, I'm looking <laughs> you in the eye right now, and I'm telling you, I want to know this Chinese buffet that's so good. Where's this place at? I want to go. Oh, where is it? It's off. I know what you're talking about. I've been to that place too. It's off Dale Mabry. The one that's like by, what is it? What's what's the school that's way down there? By like the Steak and Shake and where? By Plant? uh, Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. It's kind of like near where Plant is. Okay. I think if if I'm getting my schools right. And there is a Chinese buffet that's right around there. And me, John, Kyle Krabs, and Joe Marino, we were at my house because we we were there. It was Shrine Week in St. Pete. And we were like, damn, we're hungry. It's just like a long day, like covering both the practices and everything. We were like, we want to eat a lot of food for a little <laughs> amount of money. And John, who is a Chinese food advocate, a staunch advocate for some mm. good Chinese food, was like, let's go to a Chinese buffet. So I'd never been to this buffet before. We went to it. And folks, let me just tell you this. Mark on this very podcast has openly attempted to mock me for how much I can eat, like the amount of food yes. that I can put down. You have a tapeworm. The amount of food that John Ledyard can put down <laughs> is, as he would say, biblical. Like, really? like we went well to this Chinese buffet and John probably hammered like six, seven plates of food. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I could not, I could not believe my eyes. It's unbelievable. One truly one of the only people I've ever met in my life who I think can consistently eat more than me. If John and I signed up for a dual food eating competition, like if we were if we were a team together, I have I, I don't know who would beat us. I really We've we, we had uh we had talked about that one pizza place. Where is it? Somewhere in the Midwest or whatever, where you go and they give you this pizza, and if you eat the whole thing in two hours or something like that, you get like a lifetime supply of pizza or something like that. Easy money. Yeah. It would it would it would have been easy money. If I ever find myself out in the Midwest for some reason that only God would understand, <laughs> I'll I'll be on the I'll be on the first plane. Um. Okay. So, Bucks Chargers, I want you guys to answer some questions for me. Would you say? that the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a better defense than the 2020 Cincinnati Bengals? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Would you also say then would the, that the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a better defense than the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Final. We're final taking question. a logical approach with the Chargers. Final, I see here. Final question here. Would you then say, with both of those two conclusions, now firmly within our minds, say that the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is better than the defense of the 2020 Carolina Panthers? Would you say? God, yes. Yeah. Without question. If Chargers, there were only eight of them playing, they would be better. Chargers scored 13 points against the Bengals, 20 points against the Chiefs when they had no idea what the hell they were looking at at Justin Herbert, and then 16 points against a terrible Carolina Panthers defense. I don't think the Chargers are going to move the ball against the Bucs. I think they're going to score their season low. I think they're going to score 10 points, mm. but I think because of the weapons that the Bucs might be out, I will say they only score 24, which is a lot less than their season average than they have right now. So I think it's going to be a 14-point victory. I think it's going to be at least a double-digit victory because I truly think the Bucks' defense is going to be suffocating against what the Chargers have. And then the Chargers' injury list is also not great. I mean, like, they're out Derwin James. They're out Chris Harris Jr. They're out Drew Tranquil, who would have been their best cover linebacker, and they're out Melvin Ingram. Justin Jones, too, I think. Yeah, Justin Jones as well. I mean, like, they are beat up. And so, I just I, – I don't think that they can keep pace with with the Bucs, uh, especially looking at, at how their offense has been over the last couple of weeks. So, I will say Tampa wins 24-10. to 10, All 700 fans at Ray J go home happy. You're, you're not you, – you guys aren't helping me because – you're saying it's a uh, how many point eighteen point win fourteen just, point win? I just told you. Was John gonna says they're going to lose, win. and Matt says it's going to be less than seven points. So I don't know what the hell to do Sunday with bet my the under. Just bet, bet. The Don't take don't take mine, buddy. Take the under. Yeah, hedge, I know because John bet. He was right before the game started last week. He's like, I got a bad feeling about this Denver game, fellas. We're like, what? Hey, but I <laughs> said to hammer the box last week. I said hammer in all That's exclamation true. points. He said hammer. He hammer. 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 Like Thor's hammer. Hammer the, the hammer down. Down. He's hammer don't hurt him. Mark, Mark, not MC Hammer. Just learn from yourself and simply bet that the Bucks are going to rush for more than 10 yards in the game. <laughs> I'm not going to take that bet either. Win 50 I'm not, cents. I'm not impressed yeah. with this. Put down $5,000, win five. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's right. an easy $5. <laughs> Remember Scott last year bet $5 that Anthony Auclair was going to score a touchdown all season well, long? Well, we what did the math. We paid him like 100 bucks. We, did, we, we did the math. John, I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this, but at the beginning <laughs> of the year last year, so, so think about the Bucks' tight end room, right? They've got O.J. Howard, mm-hmm. they have Cam Bray, and they had Anthony Auclair. Mm-hmm. Auclair, oh, he, was, he was playing more, and so the way that they had the odds set up, I asked Scott, I was like, do you think Anthony Auclair catches one touchdown pass this season, the whole season? And Scott was like, yes, I think that, I think that due to how the, the team is set up, how they want to get him in the lineup because he's a good blocker and he can play fullback or whatever, like, he's like, he will score one touchdown this year. I was like, if you bet $10 every week, even if it takes him until week 16 to score that one touchdown, you will still have made more money on what you betted the entire yeah. year because of the odds. And they, and, and Scott was like, Oh, we got this. We're making easy money. And then Vegas changed the odds two weeks later. They listened to the podcast. Yes. 
They listened to the pod and they did he score the numbers. No, no, he, he got well, hurt. They put Vita Vea on, on goal line. Once Vita Vea was in the mix, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, no, but that was that was when we figured that out. Scott was giggling like a little girl because he was mm. about to cash in on sixty dollars because of something that Vegas didn't know about the Bucks' third string tight end. Mm. So well, okay. I, I'll tell you why I like Anthony Alclair, guys. You know why? Because he participates in the Pewter Report Bowling League, which takes place at Pin Chasers twice a year, except in years of pandemics. There's mm. a little uh, little disclosure at the bottom in small print. No Pewter Report Bowling League during uh, major pandemics, worldwide pandemics. But when things get better, we will be back, and Anthony Alclair will be one of our bowlers. He and OJ and Donovan Smith and Tanner Hudson, we had quite a team, John. Uh, bowling in our Pewter Report League last year, and we hope to do that again in the very near future. But in the meantime, you can go to pinchasers.net and join a league. They've got re- leagues from rookie up to veteran leagues. Um, even if you're only a single bowler, maybe you don't even have anybody else that you bowl with, there's always teams looking for additional bowlers. You can even get lessons at Pinchasers. They will teach you how to bowl. I watched Trevor bowl. He could use some lessons. Matt's a pretty good bowler. He just gets hammered and he just throws the ball as hard as he can. Sometimes it goes. Hey, let's pump the brakes there, buddy. Let's pump the brakes there. (laughs) Nah, he's pretty good. Taylor's probably the best of the Pewter Report crew as a bowler, right? Is he? What's he bowl? He's he's uh, he's quite methodical about it. He looks like a starting pitcher on the mound, which he did play baseball. He does like a wind up. Does he do the the spin? Does he spin? Yeah, he's got some spin. Yeah, yeah. What's he bowl? We don't know those. Things. I don't Probably know. I don't. I don't look at the. Uh, he's inconsistent uh, though. He'll bowl a one eighty, then he'll bowl a one hundred. I mean, he's he's very inconsistent. But uh, but he I looks I, like a bowler. I'm a fan for anybody that can throw the curveball. <laughs> I I can't. So anyway, he looks like a bowler is the weirdest comment I've ever heard. You don't to know if it's that, a compliment or screams, what it is, dude. This dude, this dude wears Oakley sunglasses indoors. That's what you just said right there. Hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> Old school blades, Oakleys too. Not even the cool new ones. All right, so go to pinchasers.net. Check out all other daily specials, including a couple nights a week where you can bowl after nine o'clock and get one dollar drafts. That's right, one dollar drafts along with hot dogs and other things. So check them out, pinchasers.net. Anthony Peroni and his family—they've been uh, season ticket holders for the Buccaneers since the very beginning of 1976. And guess what? You're going to run into some Buccaneer players there from time to time as well. Multiple Buccaneer players, that's their home base over in Armenia. If you're up in Pasco County, you can go to the one in Zephyr Hills. And if you're in West Tampa, swing by the one on Hillsboro near the veterans. Pinchasers.net, proud sponsor of the Pewter Nation podcast. Trevor, I want to thank you and welcome you back to the Pewter Report team. Uh, John, I've went ahead and made the decision. Um, I'm glad you didn't move all the way down here. But um, me too. We're that Florida heat and sunshine and <laughs> girls and <laughs> who like, wanted that? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to keep living in Scranton. Um, Don't live there, but from. thank you. The Electric yeah. City. <laughs> yeah. Tell Dwight and Joe Biden we said hello. Every city um, north of Washington D.C. outside of <laughs> Philly and New York is just Scranton. Just like Scranton. it's just it's the same. It's just Scranton. And it's not. only because of the office. It's not because Scranton's actually a <laughs> likable city at all. No, no, yeah, it's just it's just the office, hundred percent. No, um, this is where great. can people find you? Find you at Trevor? Seriously, we 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 you're not part of the team anymore. We wish you were, but uh, uh, love interest causes things to change sometimes, and I get this is that. True. So. Go oh, ahead. This is true. Look, Where when, can we Chris, find you? when Christian McCaffrey says, "Yo, I got a free room up here," you know, you and just you, love I mean, is you love. Can't, you can't. You can't. Right. You I can't agree. Say no. Um, still at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. Have not changed the Twitter handle because if I change it, 
they're going to take away my blue check. So <laughs> I'm going to be Tampa Bay Trey until I can guarantee that they're going to give me a blue check afterwards. And so um, that and then uh, everything I got going on over at the Draft Network. But really appreciate you having me on, Mark. I've been looking forward to the uh, the first time I, I was able to come back on the Peter Nation podcast. Appreciate you letting me have some fun introing it. And uh, next time I'm on, Scott, I'm, Scott better be on the yes, podcast. Yes, Scott will be I'm on. Saying. And here's the problem, though, Trevor. Um, yeah. A lot of people have said that the Buccaneers have started winning and their defense turned around and they were able to get Tom Brady after you left. So, yeah, right. If the Buccaneers do lose against the Chargers, as John's predicting. You realize Listen. that you're not going to be back allowed on during the season this year, right? Listen, um, I moved from Tampa for really the first time in my life. And immediately after that, the very first sports championship that the city can win, they win. So, Good point. If Maybe you, you are good luck. Any more evidence that I was the curse? I do. I'm going to see if it happens in the Rays. If it does, then you're never coming on this spot again. <laughs> if the Rays win the World Series, yeah, we'll we'll be it. There will be a permanent GoFundMe just to the governor of Florida to never keep allow me to cross state lines. No, we'll we'll have Trump build a wall, but strictly just to keep you out of Florida. Okay. That's it. Yeah. No. Great. No. Appreciate that. That's that'd be great. All right, Johnny, good job as usual. Matt, thanks for your good job. This podcast uh, brought to you by our good friends at Briar Greaves Insurance, pinchasers.net, and, of course, my bookie. Go check them out and thank them for being Pewter Nation podcast sponsors. For Trevor Sikkim, John Ledyard, Matt Matera, I'm Mark Cook, and we'll see you on Sunday with another edition of Pewter Nation podcast. Out. 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 Out.